0: What up, world? Your pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts. Make sure next week you tune into the live NBA Draft show, where Dr- NBA Draft goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA Draft host—excuse me, Locked On NBA host—that is John Corrales. We'll be live covering this year's draft. It's the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. You'll get local expert analysis on each pick. So make sure you're following Locked On NBA on YouTube today and so you can watch our live coverage on July 29th. Today's episode is a very special one. I am joined by my friend and yours, Brandon Sprague of 1080 The Fan. Brandon, there's a lot going on in Blazerland, Land and not, not too much of it's good. What do you make of the world? So we stand here today in Pinwheel Town.
1: You know that's the thing is people think when I'm when we talk Blazers on the radio show now it's you know kind of inherently negative just because I don't know how else you would view it right now. So when we do it, you get that kind of instant. You guys love being negative on the Blazers stuff, and I I kind of just roll my eyes because I'd much prefer to talk about them being good, contending, Dame being great, getting recognition than hey no clue if they did a background check on a coach with a rape allegation and is the superstar leaving i'd much prefer to talk about the winning but you know you get some people that think you uh i skew too much on the negative which i think what? I'm just like talking about what's presently going on
0: yeah i mean it's like it's worse because if they had done the background checks the the now attorney general da at the time would have told would have confirmed what they wanted to hear you could have just he could have just done as good a job as organ public broadcasting and you would be uh um you would have I don't know, satiated people who want answers by, by, by doing the job. It's like, it's real. There's they haven't done anything right, Brandon. They've done zero things right.
1: Yeah, no, no. And I think that's kind of been my biggest takeaway of all the takeaways. You know, there's, there's probably no number one power ranking, but if there was, it's just kind of in general, how, I guess we can get into it just kind of up in the air, everything is. And it's so unlike this organization, not that they haven't been, stuck in turmoil in their organization's history but as of late the Dame Lillard CJ McCollum Nealshe era you largely don't get much of this like you get the rumor mills with CJ but it hasn't been this messy it hasn't been this loud and there is something about that Mike and I'm curious your thoughts the fact that this stuff is so loud amongst reporters nationally a little locally that kind of tells me all I need to know about the current state of the Trailblazers internally right
0: yeah. I mean, when you start to hear whispers from all corners of the league and when national folks have it and when and when uh, folks here, you know, that you chat with kind of hearing messy things like when it starts, when when the dam starts leaking, you know that it's um you know, it's because people are, are, are getting out of there. They're, they they they. They see what's going on. They see that it's an issue and they kind of are letting you know that it is indeed um, messy as you think. Uh, And I mean, the most generous read on what's going on right now is that they they were kind of good and they believe that they're kind of good. But like, that's as generous as you can be, right? Like, there's no other... There, there's no other read beyond like, yeah, they, they built a decent team and they believe in it. Uh, anything else. Like if you try to, if you try to move out of that tiny little circle, <laughs> it's hard to feel good about where they are.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And you know, our, our friend Jason quick mutual friend, he's done a great job from the blazers forever. Uh, he's okay. And I always feel like, I always feel like we're trying to, we kind of slight other reporters or writers and I never mean to, but quick is just so damn good on this beat. He's, he's one of the best writers and, He he had the story yesterday of just kind of giving us, you know, a horizon view of what's maybe to come for the Trailblazers and the offseason that will be. And boy, I I don't know how you what your takeaways were, what maybe some of your biggest takeaways were. There's a million for me. I I think the first one I'll start with, and I'd love to get your thoughts are. There's a couple paragraphs down. He's got this, within the Blazers, both on the business side and basketball side, Lillard's call for accountability and action has been met with appropriate alarm. No one yet is convinced he will request a trade. Now, I know it goes on there, but that in my mind is like, what? The dude has been as non-committal to the organization as ever. He refuses to say what he's going to be doing in the future. And you still have people in that front office, good or bad that still aren't really buying it. This scares the living hell out of me as a Blazer fan and just somebody in general who doesn't want to see Damian Lillard leave Portland is that they are not yet worried at all about his loyalty. And I just feel like his entire offseason, at least so far, has conveyed an entirely a different message.
0: When would you get... When would you... <laughs> what kind of information would you need to think that Damian Lillard is requesting a trade? Would he need to come out and say the T word? Would he, like... You know, I just don't, mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I don't buy that you can be around this guy who's preached loyalty and everything else. And when, when he says stuff like, I haven't made any firm decisions on what my future will be. And he's under contract for at least three and likely four more seasons. Like what, <laughs> what he hasn't like, if he had, if, if, if he ever wasn't considering greener pastures, it would be very easy for Dame to say, I want to be here. I've always said it. Nothing has changed. Instead, he's saying under these conditions or conditionally, I'll do this or if it goes right, blah, 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 blah. Like that's it's not a trade request, you know, like it's not, it's not specifically a trade request, but I don't understand how you could be in that organization and not be a little bit worried. Um,
1: no, I, they're I, just I like, you don't, have to, you don't have to be smart.
0: You don't have to be smart to figure it out. You can be real dumb. Like I'm not, I am not a genius. Um, and yeah. I've, I got, I've been able to put these pieces together. Okay. On my end.
1: Well, we've seen this kind of behavior from superstar players in the league outside of Portland, and I I would say 98% of the time it ends how we all think it's going to end. Now, as many people pointed out to me, it's like, well, you know, Kobe almost got traded. You know, Chris Paul wanted to be traded, and they came back. Yeah, yeah, Chris Paul eventually did get traded, and Kobe Bryant (laughs) was one random Pau Gasol addition away from probably being a Chicago Bull and trying to chase Michael Jordan's ghost. So I'm not going to use those two examples, and act like that's the norm. The norm is these guys hint at it, and things don't get better. They eventually depart and want to be out. Now, what, what really kind of – what kind of leaves me wondering, though, on Lillard, because he did that USA Presser, and I know he started it with it's not true, and everybody ran with that, and that was the thing to take away, right? Henry Abbott's an idiot, which, by the way, he's not. He's a really good writer. He just – you know, his, his reporting was wrong – for now is what i tell people the coming days if you, if you ask for a trade in 350 days technically the coming days was correct
0: but he, he what, might have he might have been too specific he might have been that might have been the problem a, a trade yeah. request could could be on the horizon is maybe is true uh in the coming days is maybe wrong though he's he's guilty of being too specific with his reporting let's take a quick break and come back and talk more about henry abbott's reporting damien loaded situation and all things blazers but first, let's talk about bet online. It's just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Whatever it is, you'll find it on BetOnline. If you want to bet on all of the Olympic events coming up over the next month, you'll find it there. If you want to bet on Major League Baseball's regular season, you'll find odds on every game, every single day, along with the latest news and all of the sports betting info you could possibly need. So head on over to their website, BetOnline.ag. Put in the promo code LOCKEDON when you're making your first deposit, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you do so. That's BetOnline.ag. The promo code is locked on, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, still chatting here with Brandon Sprague of 1080 The Fan. We were talking about before the before the break. We were talking about. The Henry Abbott reporting and sort of Dame's situation and and Damon Lord's press conference when he spoke to uh, when he spoke to reporters following Team USA practice last week. Brandon, you were going to share some thoughts on where what struck you from that moment.
1: You know, what stuck out to me was in the following questions. I think the very next question is basically non-committal. I wonder, Mike, this dude. Love social media. This dude loves basketball. He's over in Japan getting ready for the Olympics and about to play. Did he watch Giannis Antetokounmpo win in Milwaukee and see what Giannis had to say in the post game? I just wonder. I know it may be corny, but, you know, he's, he's a wear his emotions on his sleeve kind of guy, and he tells you how he feels. Do you think he watched Giannis win a title in a hotel in Tokyo and thought, I can't leave. I got to stay to my word and be loyal. Do you think there was any part of that that may have swayed him back and forth? Because this stuff can be so week to week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there is part of Dame that truly at his core wants what he wants and it's to win it here. He is, the loyalty stuff is a little corny and it's like, it's an, to some extent it's an act, but it also is like, I think his corniness or whatever is like a, a core part of who he is. He would like it to be here. I think that's true. Like I, I, I trust him when he says that. He's been saying it for a long time. I've spent a lot of time around him, just like, you know, BSing about stuff. I, I, I trust him when he says it. But, so I, I think when he sees Giannis do it the way he did, and Giannis pound the table, says we fucking did it here. Um, incredible post game, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think part of Dame wants that. But I think the other part of Dame just sees the the Larry O'Brien sitting in front of him and says, I, I don't give a, I don't give a shit what jersey I'm wearing when. <laughs> when I get it, I just want one of those. Um yeah. so I think the I, I think it's both. Um and I and I, I would wanna say that like a generous read says, yeah, he wants what Giannis wants and to do it where he did it and to get that validation. But I think more than anything is he wants to win at this point he wants to win a title. And Giannis Anjagubo is A, better than Dame and B twenty six years old. Dame's thirty one. It's just the calculation changes so fast. And I think I think he's feeling what we all feel when we get a little bit older. Brandon is like, what have I accomplished in this t- t- to date, and why am you know I want to I want to reach the highest levels of my uh, of of my profession, whatever that may be.
2: I do wonder if Giannis's kind of shot at James Harden makes other stars just a little bit second guess moves they make in the future. That's a different conversation for a different day. But that being said, I agree with you. I understand why he's frustrated. What I what I cannot get past, and, and this isn't to set a debate off about Neil Olshay because somehow Blazer Twitter, which is an entirely different spectrum of the internet, loves to argue about any and everything. I don't get how you could be unhappy, feel like the organization didn't take the loss as bad as you did, and still sit there and not do what other stars and other markets have done. It is, it, it, yep. Are you going to be a jerk a little bit? Maybe to some people, you ran somebody out of work. Like, that's not great. I understand that. But, dude, you are basically the owner. You, you, will, you will be the final yes or no of every major thing that happens within this organization, and you're unhappy, and yet you don't suggest maybe if Terry's going, Neil should go, that that should be a package deal, or that, hey, man, you're not making the moves. You didn't do what I asked. This was not just a Terry's fault. This was a roster problem too. If you're not going to demand that, I just i I don't know how else the organization is maybe supposed to feel about you. Uh, that that not buying into the trade request stuff that scares me. But the organization probably doesn't feel that way because you clearly aren't pushing your weight around within that building. You're not sitting there going. Uh, Neil's not good enough. We need to be winning. I want to win here. I want to win now. Instead, it's kind of a go home, be a little passive aggressive, wait a while, let rumors start, never downplay the rumors. And then when you talk, you're very vague, open-ended, and now it looks like you're on your way out. I just, I guess I don't understand if you're frustrated as a superstar in that league, why you would not just outright within the organization say, I want to change and I want to change everywhere.
0: Yeah, I think I think some of this is the unknown about ownership, right? Like did he has he gone to um uh I'm forgetting her name now, but has he gone mm. to Jody and he's yeah. and he's he said he said Jody, get him the get him the hell out of here and and ownership has said we don't want to because we have to pay his contract through 2024. Like we we don't want sorry, we don't want you know, we don't want like, you know, like I think there's a real unknown about what's going on with ownership and what ownership's goal is. Is ownership's goal to be kind of good? Because they're going to be kind of good if Dame's on the roster, you know, is, is, is there an appeal to the people who run this team for them to make the playoffs every year and get playoff money and keep it moving and sell some tickets because Dame's still on the roster and just, and, and have this thing not be a black hole until you get rid of it? Like it's, it's, I I think there's that, there's that big unknown. Um, I'm with you that, that if Dame's really going to do this and if he wants to do it here, uh, his sort of half-assed power play of I want Jason Kidd is probably not far enough like go farther um you know get rid of the guy do a full LeBron James uh LeBron also left <laughs> That's how that ends but <laughs> he left why <wine. laughs> yeah <laughs> he also left uh, so and and he's never coming back but um yeah it's it, like, I'm with you, but I think there's an unknown. Like I think the one big unknown we don't know is like what is going on with Vulcan, and what are the motivations of of ownership? Because that's the real advantage in professional sports is having a motivated and smart owner. And nothing about the sort of way that Vulcan has done stuff since uh, Paul passed makes you gives you a lot of faith in sort of their plans beyond just like have a pretty good team
2: yeah, sell tickets, make the playoffs, be a respectable franchise. But if you're contending or not doesn't matter. It's about selling seats. I, I I've talked to somebody that told me their season tickets have sold rather well. Like they're not sitting in a position where you know, guys like us are doing a podcast or fans are freaking out on the internet because they're not making those necessary moves and it doesn't look like they might. and we'll get into that. But if they're selling tickets, what do they care? They're just counting money and 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 I thought it was weird during the season. When, you know, it felt like maybe one or two people were reporting that Jody Allen was, was it quick? It might have been quick. That was like Jody Allen's watching and paying attention to the defense. And she's going to evaluate how she feels. Well, he was on our radio station yesterday uh, with Isaac and Sook. And they, they, they basically said, where's Jody in all this? And he goes, who knows? And like, that goes back to when that came out. I just thought, come on. Jody Allen, she suddenly cares about basketball? No, she doesn't. That that's that's being hand fed no, from the no Vulcans. Way. There was zero chance that was true. And I think if anything, it's shown us so far that they don't care. And and Dame's answer, by the way, at the USA presser, did you catch that question about has he talked with Jody and Neil? Has he talked with Jody specifically?
0: It doesn't sound very like he's coy, got
2: huh? yeah, very coy. It doesn't sound like there's any relationship there. He understands the whole ownership thing sucks.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's just. It, it is like. It's undeniable at this point. Like beyond, you just. Um, Neil Olshey has danced under the tax line and he's built a playoff team and that's. To me, I think that's what ownership values as success. And now they've all of a sudden they have this mandate, uh, to go from this, consistently successful team. Let's be clear, they've been they've been consistently mm-hmm. pretty good, but they've got. A mandate to go from consistently pretty good to one of the really good to one of the great teams, you know, a team that has a slice of the pie, a slice of championship equity, and they don't have a path to get there. And I think the people who are freaking out are like people online and you and I and less and less the people in the, you know, certainly not the people at Vulcan and maybe not um, maybe not the Blazers front office. Let's take a quick break and when we get back, we'll talk more about what the Blazers are going to do this offseason based on some of the reporting we've heard from Jason Quick and kind of our own intuitions around the league. But first, let's talk about Bilt Bar. It's just the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's what it is. They're not fooling around. They're just making delicious bars. They come in nine delicious flavors, so there's something for everybody. Whether you're into the fruit flavors like Cherry barcia, or Raspberry or Orange or Strawberry or you want the super chocolatey ones like Double Chocolate, Cookies and Cream, or German Chocolate, they've got a flavor profile that fits what you're into. But they're not just the best tasting protein bars. They're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs or fewer so don't wait around go get yourself these delicious bars go to BuiltBar.com use the promo code LOCKED15 you'll get 15% off your next order that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com still a pass point guard still Mike Richmond. you're still listening to Locked on Blazers we're still chatting here with Brandon Sprague Radio host for 1080th fan, just turn your radio on in the morning and you'll hear them. Sprague, before the break, we were talking about what the Blazers front office might want to do because I think we've got some sort of clarity about what their plan is. Because as you alluded to, the reporting from Jason Quick doesn't exactly sound like a big old trade, big old teardown is coming this offseason, does it?
2: No, it doesn't. And I, yeah, I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did because, you know, that's my takeaway. My, my takeaway is... Neil is preparing everybody here, whether they like him or not. He is preparing for them to get ready to run it back. Hey, the market for CJ is not great. Well, no kidding. You're trying to trade him two to three years too late. Everybody knows you want to trade him. There's he's got a long term contract. There's no leverage. You've lost the leverage in that. Of course, a team's not stepping up. So I don't know. I, I kind of viewed the quick report as not to get your hopes up about any substantial moves and this selling of this lineup when healthy is X and Y in the (laughs) I don't really get where that comes from Mike they tout the offense who was in charge of the off oh that's right it's Terry Stotts but I thought you said it was Terry Stotts fault so okay so Chauncey's gonna come the office gonna be as good and the defense is gonna take a top 10 jump okay I'm supposed to believe that all right so I don't really know if they're going to make any moves, if they're going to just try to sign Norm and pay the luxury tax and be good with everything, because Quick also said Jody will pay the tax, but that's even bearing if you sign Norm. You're going to be right up on that tax line with Nurk, CJ, and Dame. You sign Norm, you're going to be in the tax. We don't even know if they're going to get him.
0: Yeah. I mean, to field a team, they're probably going to be a, be a tax team, right? Like If Damon Lord and CJ McCollum are on the roster and then they have... Twelve teammates. They carry fourteen guys again and keep that roster spot open just to stay cheap, like they've done for three straight years. Uh, if they do that, they're still probably going to be a tax team just by virtue of of, uh, of everything kicking in. It's um, <laughs> it's a lot. Like uh, they just everything, everything about Jason's reporting and. W- I'll say this while I don't um, while there's some like stuff that makes me frustrated in here. I, I trust it to a T like this. This is to me, this sounds pretty fucking real. Um, It's the Blazers. They don't have a lot of avenues to get better. And like you said, like Neil is just, he is, he is putting it out there. Like I'm going to try, but, and here's the problem. The they'll be the number one, they'll be the best five man combo in the league, right, Brandon? This is going to be this five man combination. If you look at teams that have only played one hundred and seventy nine minutes together and only and feature one left handed player, but no players that wear Adidas shoes on Tuesdays, this is the best lineup that has ever, ever been on the court. Like all whatever whatever you want to do, right? Like they they could be pretty good, and that's what he's saying. And and you get all that, but like he's just saying we can't trade CJ. There's no guarantee we can re-sign Norman Powell and uh, the other options of of the either mid-level exception or the biannual exception, which he doesn't mention because they don't want to use. Um, right, are are just not going to get us there. But we've been pretty good. Like it's just he's it's just the softening. It's the softening, and and the biggest issue isn't like me and you getting mad. It's Dame. What you're doing is you're pushing Dame out the door, right? Like how can you read this as any other ways? Like Damian Lord says. We need big changes. How can we possibly run it back? If we just hire a new coach and bring back the same team, we're not a championship level team. That's basically a direct quote from Dame. And then you get this reporting that's like the Blazers front office is comfortable running it back with like the same team. Cause they think Chauncey Billups will make them better. How can you read this as just delaying the inevitable for Dame to leave? Like what, what is, is there an, is there any other way to look at this?
2: I don't think there is. And I don't know how you do view it that way. I mean, Look, do the numbers suggest they were a good offense when Norm and CJ and Nurk played? I mean, I guess, yeah, sure. But offense for for him wasn't the problem; it was defense. So I'm supposed to think that Roko, Nurkic, healthy, that that's supposed to the off the defense was supposed to be carried by those two players, two dudes who have never made an All NBA defensive team. I'm supposed to think that those two guys are going to suddenly make up and mask the deficiencies of one Dame and CJ in the backcourt, because whatever you think about those two, and they're remarkable, there are liabilities on that end. Dame's gotten a little better, sure, but let's not act like he's out here locking people up when he needs to. Those, That's just not he their had, strong he had, worst
0: suit. he had his worst defensive season in five years last year.
2: Okay. Bad on defense. See, there you go. And I, and I, that's why I put, bring you on the pod, because I like to look at numbers. You love to look at numbers. So I knew you would bring that kind of information for us. And that's my point, is you run that back. And it all—I cannot help. And this might sound ridiculous as I as we record this on July 23rd. I cannot help, Mike, but think: Do you just want to rebuild? Do you? Want, are you? Are you aiming to go? Okay, the Dame thing didn't work. I tried my best. Uh, I'm gonna retry here because who am I to wonder or or think that you're gonna get fired if Dame requests a trade? Who's to say you're not gonna have the power to make that trade and the power to restart things the way Sam Presti gets to in Oklahoma with a million draft picks? So. I don't know what other conclusion you're supposed to have because running this back is quite clearly not the answer. There's no trade, Mike. You could almost give me any trade that's realistic, somewhat realistic, where I would go. No, not not worth the CJ value. It's like as long as you have Dame, and you said this at the top. If you have Dame, you're probably going to the playoffs. So let's mix this up. Yes
0: here's my question for you Brandon is it worse to trade Cj McCollum for pennies on the dollar or is it worse to come back with the same exact starting five
2: Pennies on the dollar is tough to say but I'll be honest man I, I am to this point give me the pennies and we'll see what those pennies do we'll see if you can maneuver some we'll of see those what pennies. Harrison
0: Barnes and Marvin Bagley give you uh,
2: well, Marvin Bagley, not so much. I doubt he'll ever play, and I don't really think he's really even that good. Harrison Barnes, yes. I, I would do it because while he's not as good as CJ, he's pretty damn good. He played on a title team. He gives you some length, some athleticism that CJ doesn't have, and you can build your roster a little differently around Dame instead of saying, hey, Dame, here's another you. He's just not going to have the ball as much. Yeah, I mean
0: that, there's there's something to that.
2: <laughs> are you not in on the Harrison Barnes I, I mean that's to me that might be that's up there as is that the best you can do? Maybe it's not, but I I, I really I, you know even quick's report on the draft pick. I don't know many people are thinking the top 4 pick that they would trade for CJ could be Toronto, which I understand but I also makes the most sense. It, it, it would does make the most sense. it does, but I said this and I, I Give me your thoughts on this. I said this today. I could be Toronto, but if I'm Toronto, do I want to lose Lowry and then run it back with CJ Van Vliet and Pascal? Maybe got you a title, right? You had Kawhi Leonard with those three dudes and you want a championship. One, I don't know if CJ's going to give me what Kyle Lowry gives me. And two,
0: are we sure it's no. not Houston? Houston's Houston a- definitely is the other, only other name. I don't, I don't think Cleveland would do it just because of their timeline. They suck. Um, and I don't, d- doesn't, Detroit obviously wouldn't trade. They're going to have a chance to have Cade Cunningham and figure it out. Like, I think that's a better path forward for them than 31-year-old Damian Lillard. So yeah, I think it's Houston or Toronto. And I, I don't think, um, I, there, it doesn't seem crazy that it would be Houston, right? Like, it doesn't. Big market that, teams, like
2: Christian Woods, Christian yeah, James, yep. pair them, put John Wall when he's healthy. Like, you could sell them as maybe a sneaky playoff contender to maybe be a 7-8 seed, depending on... They made sense to me because they're a big market. How often does big market cities, do they want to stick in a full rebuild? Not often, especially now that they got the John Wall contract. They signed Christian Wood. That made sense to me. And then, yeah, I would take that trade because it's not about the young asset, although you could keep it. It's more about do you take the number two pick and facilitate a a three-way trade of some sort? Do you give a team that wants the draft pick, you get return a good player, and CJ goes to... Houston like is there a way to facilitate that cuz if there was I'd be all for that too
0: Yeah I mean I think that's that's the move right is like the young the young player doesn't help convince Dame it's just it just sets off you you trade for the number 2 pick you take Evan Mobley or whatever you're just starting the rebuild you might as well just ship Dame yeah. out immediately thereafter right uh but if yeah if you can facilitate something larger then it becomes like a real a, a conversation worth having for sure
2: Let me throw this at you I, I give you CJ goes to Houston. Houston gives Portland the or gives Charlotte the number two pick. Charlotte gives Portland Gordon Hayward. Would you do that or no?
0: Uh, I would strongly consider it. I think just because of the size. Like Hayward's injury history is a problem. And like, I don't think he can be the second best player on a title team. Like, I don't know that he's better than than CJ. Like, I'd, r- I'd probably rather have CJ McCollum to use a Neil Osheism in a vacuum. Um but he's bigger. He's he's bigger and I think the size matters. Uh you still get some playmaking and some skill there. Like you um you know, it's he's he's under you know, you're paying him a, do- a ton of money or whatever, but I don't I don't hate that. I wouldn't hate it. Um I think if you're trading CJ for the top 2 pick though, I I would I'd blow this thing up, dude.
2: You would? You <laughs> blow it yeah, up.
0: Yeah, I I just I don't know what you do like I like in that same story that basically is like uh, the Sixers aren't going to aren't interested in, in CJ McCollum, which, yeah, no shit. I believe it. Um,
2: I love how freely so you're like, just can dropping can bombs the- on this podcast, dude. I love that. I don't get to talk that way normally. I should start doing it.
0: OK, well, I'll, we can beep the I'll, I'll uh, self-edit.
2: No, um, no, no. You don't need to. I I don't care. It doesn't bother me. If we could cuss on the radio, I would cuss, but I'm just not used to doing it. You're sitting here dropping them. I'm just jealous. I'm going to start doing it.
0: All right. No. Okay. Um, Hey, listen, this, uh, we have a clean tag on my podcast. So, uh, don't, hopefully the censors don't listen too close. And if you're playing this with your children, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah. Ben Simmons though. If like, if they're not interested in Ben Simmons, which, or if, if the Sixers aren't interested in, uh, Siege McCollum, then the the like list of players you could go get is like, does Tobias Harris get you closer? I don't know. Does Kristaps Porzingis get you closer? Probably not. Um, he's not good. Like you know, it's just you you start you start to see the predicament Neil is in. But um, there's one thing to be to have the challenge of the summer. It's another thing to start floating the idea um, in public that you can't do anything and you're already stuck.
2: Why do you think that's the
0: approach for him? Yeah. Do you? Here's my super conspiracy. Okay. So my like biggest tinfoil hat thing here is that what Neil is doing in this, through this athletic article, through, through Jason Quick's reporting, is sending the signal to the Goodwin camp, to J- Dame's agency that says, I can't do anything but run it back. Go find your best trade package. Like he knows Dame's going to request out. He's scoured the market to try to get better knows that it's it's tough and he's he's saying you know quietly and subtly go find your exit strategy because I'll be better off with draft picks
2: okay but while I I don't disagree with the idea the only pushback I'd have on that is if if that's the case and you could be right well you know maybe he comes back from Tokyo in 3 weeks and it's it's over you know it's done you we were texting about this and you were like are you sure he's in jersey in a jersey this year if, you, if that's the case, you kind of need to just punt on it now, right? So why not work? Why not take the Ben Simmons trade? Like, if, if you know ultimately you can't make the move to please that guy, and he's and you're kind of telling him through reporting that you're done, that they, there's no good moves to make to make you happy, this is over, why not just trade him to Philly, give Maury what he wants, take Ben Simmons, take... Matisse-Thibault and take a draft pick or two or whatever that package is, but it's centered around Ben Simmons, why not just take that then? Because he'd be under contract for four years. I understand how it looks after his postseason, but I can't m- imagine you come away talent-wise with a better player than Ben Simmons. And so I know Blazer fan would be a little hesitant because Ben Simmons is quite the opposite of what Damian Lillard is as a player. <laughs> why not just yeah. take that instead of sitting here playing this coy game as if you're trying to trade CJ, but you're kind of telling us you're not going to trade CJ. I I don't understand. The, I wouldn't understand the logic in that. Just trade him for Ben Simmons and get it over with, right?
0: Yeah, I, I guess there's some truth to that. But I, I think, like, this is his way to... Well, I, I guess the timing with the report. Listen, you're poking holes in my tinfoil hat a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he, here's
2: the thing about it, though, is... The trading of CJ or not trading of CJ, I mean, I don't have my hopes up after reading that article, but I also don't know what, what's Dame's threshold to step off of the trade me ledge, right? If he's standing there and he's like, guys, I'm going to do it. And you're like, no, 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 no. Come on. Hang with us a little longer. And he's like, go make the moves. What's the threshold for them to finish where you think going into the off season, he's disappointed because they're bounced but he ultimately is recommitted because he's like, okay, we took that step. It cannot just be the second round, right? He's been to the second round. He's hung out in the second round. It almost never goes well for him except the one-off year. What is the threshold to get Damian Lillard to recommit assuming he does come back? And you know whether they make a move with CJ or not, I guess is a moot point. Just what do you think that threshold is? How far or how deep into the playoffs do you think the team has to go for Lillard to recommit?
0: Game four of the NBA Finals. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I was trying to think of a situation where if they lost, like, in seven to the Lakers, that, that Dame would be entering his 32nd birthday and say, you know what? Let's, let's do it again. Let's give it one more shot. Like, it is so long. Like, it's, that's, you know, you, you get that far. You've played a hundred more games with the Blazers. I just, I, I think there's a reality where you say man we're the second best team in the league we are so damn close and we did this and they made the moves and they paid the guys and we um you know and, and ownership has committed all this money etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera. like done all of these things uh th- that that maybe he does but i just i i can't see a scenario where even you lose like in seven games to the lebron russell westbrook anthony davis lakers uh which you can just go ahead and lock that one in um when you you lose to that group, where Dame says I'm okay with this, like I I just think he's at a point where he's everything he said. Like you don't need to read between the lines. I heard the man say it himself. Um, it's that at some point you want to win it all, and I don't. I just I think his tune has changed. Where being a legitimate championship contender, which probably means playing in the NBA Finals, is more important than being you know than anything else. Before like that that falls short of that
2: that is substantially deeper a run than i thought you were going to say i thought there was a chance you'd say maybe deep seven game series second round it comes down to a possession a guy randomly coughed it up they lost but they got that close to getting back to the conference finals or you would say conference if it's nba finals if that really is it and this is kind of what neil's job should be is when you get in contact with dame if you have not assessed this already don't you need to say, Dame, how far, like, don't you kind of have to address that elephant? Don't you have to say, where? how deep is this going to go? Like, let's get this back on track. What is the expectation? If he's telling you it's title, it's NBA finals, I mean, I'm sorry there, Bob. You're not pulling off any move that's going to take you that far. Even if you traded CJ and you sign Norm, Norm Powell is your number two isn't taking you to the NBA finals. <laughs> Norm Powell is a, he's a fourth option, right? What was he with Toronto? He's a really the fifth? good.
0: Fifth best player. Thank he's you. A really good. Fifth best player. Okay. Yeah. That's hit the, hit the, the corner your three. You're really good. Yes. yes. This is, you know, like, um, people were really critical of Nick Batum when he was in Portland because he didn't have the juice to be their second best player. You put him late in his career on a Clippers team where he's their fifth best player, sixth best player. And it's like, damn, he's good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When you're like when you have role player skills and you're given like a massive role player role, you can really shine. Uh guys can't always scale up to that level and I I worry that um because Norm is different than CJ people are painting him in this rosy light. Like he's not he is not a number 2 on a team that wins a title and comes out of the Western Conference.
2: Well, no, I mean, was he even a number 2? CJ had such a struggle bus against Denver. I mean, he's outplayed by Austin Rivers, but he wasn't even a number two on their team against the Nugs. I mean, he right, struggled a little right. bit himself in that series. One like he was out there so he dropping. Had one 30. really good game. Yeah. He yeah, had one, one really good one game. One
0: really good game. Uh, exactly. I,
2: I, I don't get yeah. it, man. I don't know where this organization is being taken right now. And I think that that's the unsettling point aside from Dame wanting out is is just not understanding the direction. The reporting, while I think the reporting itself, the story itself is good. What I would what I take away is I just don't know where that guy's taking the organization. It seems so unclear and he's trying to kind of sell three different scenarios. I don't know which one I'm supposed to buy. So we're going to go into yeah. off season and not yeah. know what to expect, maybe expect nothing. And you're really going to open a press conference to start the season and say, Hey, the difference here is Carmelo Anthony. We thank him, but uh, we've, we feel like we've gotten better on our bench and chance is here. Now chance, chance, Take this team to the top 10 defensively and give it I'm supposed to buy that? Come on.
0: Well, you know who's going to be selling it. Uh, we think... Listen, with the we've always got the support of ownership. We've got some of the best ownership in the league. Uh, always the full financial support to improve this team as much as we can. And we took all of those tools that were given to us via the mid-level exception, which we used to sign Jay Crowder. <laughs> like, you know what he's going to do. He's going to... He's going to preserve his lifestyle It's it's until it doesn't happen. It's On that cheery note, let's end the podcast. There's more of this conversation with Brandon Sprague coming to you next week. This is just the first half of it. We chatted for about an hour, and I'll play the rest of it for you. Check your feeds on Monday and tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Thanks again to Brandon for joining me appreciate you listening talk to you soon